Nothing will stand in the way of the process. Nothing will stand in the way of the process. Nothing will stand in the way of the process. Meet the Kennedys at Lassiter's Hall at the Waterhole. A cup of tea at Harold Sonia's nursery for a stroll. It's time to neighbors. CJ Kate and Bea. Let's get the neighbours. Hello, this is Neighbours. We are the Neighbours Recap Podcast. We get stuck into the recent Neighbours episodes of the Aussie soap opera. We are in Melbourne, in the PirateNet studios. We've got the pod squad reconvening. I'm Vaya, TV writer that doesn't spend disbelief. Catherine Jones, better known as CJ, the hot mess mum. Hello. Kate, better known as Remude, nightly Neighbours tweeter. Hi, everybody. Oh, had a week off because I was trying to have it all. Trying to. You're looking refreshed. Thanks. Like we all are. We're all looking bloody tip top. Yeah. I, I had to. Well, I was until I had to watch 11 and Neighbours episodes back to back today. So you literally took the whole time off. Like you didn't watch yeah. any Neighbours. I physically couldn't. I had. So I started my new responsibilities at work mm. and we recorded the 100th episode of Hard Quiz last week, which turned out to be the episode I was in charge of in my new role. That, that was why they gave, they knew no yeah. one else could handle yeah. it. So there was a freaking cake wheeled out and all this stuff. And a glutinous cake, I hear. Yeah, I couldn't touch yeah. it. Then we had the 100th episode celebrations. It was just a lot to get my head around and so I just was like, okay, something's got to give. So thank you for understanding. But I hope everyone in the meantime enjoyed my chat with Jackie Woodburn, a.k.a. Susan, a.k.a. Anastasia from Night Terrace over on the Terrace, the other podcast I do. That was something to tide you over in the meantime. Neighbours Council Business. The business, again. Look, I could barely catch up on Neighbours Council business, but I do want to say I've noticed that we had some nice people recommend our podcast on Twitter. So thank you, Andy and Katie, just a few people suggesting our pod to other people who were looking for something new to check out. And feel free to tag us on Instagram stories if you like are listening to a particular episode, just screenshot it and tell us what you're listening to. I'm Vase, V-A-Y-S. And CJ, the hot mess mum, you'll see us floating around the traps. Oh, and we had someone join the Neighbours Council in character as Olivia Lane from the Erinsborough High series. Oh, now I get that. I didn't understand it. I was like, Olivia Lane, hi, I'm Katie, a Neighbours addict. I was like, oh, okay. You for today. <laughs> She's, some people don't like to join fan groups with their public persona. So that's why we've got a private group so that it doesn't show up in people's public Oh, yeah, we feeds. actually probably should tell people that. Yeah, people don't need to know about your secret neighbours, shame. Don't worry about that. I mean, we're out and proud, but we understand there's a lot of the neighbours fans who are still in the closet. Yeah, we've got to be delicate with them. So you can join under a pseudonym, that's fine. But also it's a closed group. No one can see your shame. We had some really um, lovely messages posted on a post from Alex Moffat about his personal connection with neighbours. But one thing that I wanted to call out on there is Sarah Allison wrote, welcome to the friendliest group on Facebook. Oh, that was wonderful. And I must say that I, I have been known to say to people, you know, I'm not in a Facebook group that doesn't have like, you know, a smackdown every now and then. <laughs> and we And I must say that's a lie because I am in a Facebook group that doesn't have a smackdown even, and it's Neighbours Council. Even the Good Karma Networks, I mean... Well, regulate that well they, they're ruled like with an iron fist they are yeah yeah you can't put any if there's mention of a crime you are that's kicked that's out it. yeah 
And actually, that's one thing that was comforting to me when I was really slammed the last couple of weeks, freaking huge couple of weeks. But knowing that the council's bubbling away and I would just get little alerts and I could just like them and I didn't, if I didn't have time to engage, then I knew that other people, you guys would be there, other people would be there having chats. And it just continues to simmer away nicely. Yeah. It warms the cockles. Like... I knew this person once who, when they got married, they wanted to have, and I can't remember the Spanish word for it, but it was called a circle of love. So instead of having an aisle, everyone was in a circle around them. That's what the Navas Council is. It's a circle of love. As opposed to some of the larger, bigger (laughs) Navas groups, which is actually just a circle of, it's like an acid trip, some of them. You (laughs) go, do you actually exist in the real world? Yeah, Yeah. So that's nice. We're on Facebook. Just search for Navas. Now, getting to actual Ramsey Street bizzo, I've got to say, in my big binge today, the thing that affected me the most was Kersha leaving the show. Oh, really? I was oh. really upset by that. Yeah, it's sentimental in your, your years. Yeah, but mainly because, I mean, just to get political, it just means our diversity numbers have dropped. Like, the people of colour on Neighbours Now, there's three of them. There's oh, no, no, we, we had a, a, a South African guy move in. Oh, he's part of Fight Club. <laughs> yeah, oh. no, no. One, he is yeah. one, one in, one out. Yeah, yeah, guess, yeah, yeah. Guest spots. Okay, I'm talking credited, cool. credited core cast. So Kirsch is out. We have Yashvi. We have Dippy, who doesn't get many storylines, but this week she had a few, so that's nice. And we have David Tanaka, who's at the moment unconscious. But mm. so, and I'm not. I'm specifically talking about ethnic diversity because we do have some sexual identity diversity, which is fantastic. But I think it's a real shame. It just looks like a complete vanilla milkshake up there. And it's not a reflection of my neighbourhood or our neighbourhoods. And I'd like to see a reflection of my neighbourhood when I watch a television show called Neighbours. Mm. That's all. It looks a lot like my neighbourhood, I've got to be honest. <laughs> Come 10 minutes towards me mm. and you'll see the rainbow of possibilities. But anyway, she's a really she was a really sweet personality too, Kersha. I really liked that. So... Uh, my feeling was that she was just going to do like some school and she might be back, right? Bo- like I mean, actor. It's boarding school. No, no, it's... I meant the actors go- just gone to study. Uh, it's it just feels like a one way ticket. Like I, I feel mm. maybe she'll be she'll come back like like you know who she'll be? She'll be like Summer Hoyland. Do you mean a, a replacement actor will come? She'll in? come back in with a hottie replacement, I reckon. Yeah, like midriff uh, tops and yeah heels. Well, I think she's going into year ten or eleven at. Mm her fancy school in Sydney where she's living with her grandparents and Annie Mishti and Uncle Pavan. You know what? I don't blame her for leaving. She's <laughs> in like, she'd be stuck in a shoebox room with Yashvi mm. and possibly Ned spending the night. I don't know. <laughs> like, it's a hot mess, that house. Yeah, she's got, got like her two little cousins as well, her mum and dad and her uncle. Always and the, at each other's throats. The Like Sonia's like ghost hanging around. Mm. No one would be surprised that she's leaving. She was most sentimental about saying goodbye to the Clancy the dog. Yeah. <laughs> she was like, mum, I'm done. Bye. I don't see why the dog couldn't have gone with her. And also, she's going to get a much better education anywhere. Oh, she's going to do animal husbandry. Yes. Who knew? Anyway, okay. They well, got none of that at Erinsborough High. They got terrorism and, and other things. Okay, well, I have high hopes that she'll be back for milestone events. I can only hope. Um, and one day maybe we'll meet the Rebecca brother. Oh, 100%. He's been mentioned too much. Yeah. Okay, let's deep dive because some cracker episodes happened towards the end of the week. Mm-hmm. I messaged you guys. This was like in the middle of the night because I watched Thursday and Fridays like really, really late last night. What did I say? There was some great soap opera acting mm-hmm. in Thursday from Paul and Terage. Thursday the 28th of November 2019, we kick off with a tried and true 
mowing down of a Ramsey Street resident in the sleepy suburban area of Melbourne. Oh, what? We've never had a hit and run before. Oh. (laughs) Um, It was violent, hey? There was a thud and a half. The flashback was incredible. I mean, the kind of thud that was, it didn't seem to me like he'd be coming back. You know what I mean? No. It seemed like the kind of hit that was on a TAC ad. Yeah, it was very TAC, the whole thing. Oh, the Transport Accident Commission, um, which is famous in Victoria for having really graphic road safety Mm. ads. Drowsy divers die, Kyle. Drowsy divers die. Yes. Coil. Coil. We'll get to it. It was totally wrapped up in Kyle being the perpetrator super quickly. Like too quickly. Too quickly, yeah. But to me it was like a a little short movie on Thursday. It was – I got really drawn into the excitement of seeing it unravel because the first suspect we have is Tarage, who's sadly tipped off the wagon. Mm. But I thought it was really well handled, this decline from her. She was out of a job. She's at a loose end. Her house is spick and span. She's got no one to have brunch with. So it's she, like Marge on The Simpsons yeah. when they moved to um, Hank Scorpio's town yeah. and she had nothing to do. So she like started drinking red wine. Yeah, extreme close up on the bottle. And to rage was just having little sips here and there. But then it developed into the handbag wine <laughs> that was going with her everywhere. She would smell of wine. I can tell when people have been drinking wine. Your breath actually smells mm. a little bit fermented. It would have been handy to see a few shots of her popping some mints or chewy. Maybe or showers or something. happening. Maybe happening off screen. Also, Paul would only ever smell scotch on his own breath, really. Mm. She has taken herself off to Crate and Barrel or whatever that bottle shop's called, that swanky bottle shop that's moved in instead of whatever used to be there, Grease Monkeys. Go down the bloody drive-thru at the Burvale, love. Well, she's having some problems with getting behind the wheel. I think she's struggling with that. Also, I think, can you Uber Eats alcohol? Yeah. 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 So... Her age, be creative, but no, she was doing it She's old not school. On income, she doesn't pay the five ninety nine delivery. True. She also she doesn't want the shame of um. She, someone else could answer the door when it knocks. Oh, who was that at the door? Oh, it was just the Jono, the delivery guy. Yeah, he's got my Uber Eats bag, but it's so nondescript that big Uber Eats bag. But the possibilities. We had a, our staff party the other night, and my colleague got hammered, and she was telling me the next day that she got home was starving because she didn't have, have enough canapes. And had somehow ordered herself a tiramisu and fell asleep and then the doorbell woke her up with a tiramisu. <laughs> She's like, okay, guess I'm having this. <laughs> so, what a wonderful surprise. <laughs> the world is your oyster. She goes over to the bottle shop but drinks the bottle alone in her car shamefully, then has to pop back for a second. to Cause she, she said she just wanted to take one home. Yeah, traveler. traveler. Yeah. Mm. Hang on, has that... Bottle shop ever been used in a positive storyline? <laughs> Not yet. Because Ned was involved with it. What was he, that? he was carrying his cherry pop and wine oh, yeah. when he was going to shut the flower. Yes, yeah. And he saw B and Millsy macking on, and he dropped it in a dramatic mm. crash. Then Ellie went and had a moment out the front yeah. where she wanted to go pregnancy drinking. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. And yes, I said at the, the time, morality store there. Yeah. I said at the time, we now know why it exists, but yeah. this is much better. Well, it's given us a lot more mileage than the bric-a-brac shop or whatever else yes. used to be there. So while Tarage was returning, we find this out later, but at the time she's just standing over an unconscious Dr. Naka on the footpath who'd gone for a rage cycle because he'd had a fight with his hubs. With no freaking lights on his bike going down an unlit street. I'm sorry. I know he was on the footpath when he got hit, but seriously, oh, I look – he at least has to accept at least 20% of the blame in this. Yeah, you could have reflector vests, lights. I used to ride to work at 4.30 in the morning when I had did breakfast radio because I lived 800 metres from the studio 
And even at that time of morning, I would have lights, straps on my wrists and stuff. What I would pay to see you in that vest with a little flag on your bike. My friend used to see me sometimes and she said I look like Millie Molly Mandy coming down the street. <laughs> my little basket. Yeah, safe rider behaviour, not demonstrated by the good doctor. And Tarage finds him, breaks her phone in the kerfuffle and then the... No, mi- no, she, she was just, just a bit too pissed. Oh, yeah, a couple of sheets to the wind. And then the miracle of miracles. She's like, oh, what can I do? Where can I go? And right over you, her head was like a halo of orange. <laughs> the Telstra logo. And my husband said, oh, has that always been there? And I said, Philip, not only has it always been there, I've been in it with Vaya. Yes, and we've read out the businesses that have their business cards taped to that phone box, like the Thai place where Terrage yeah. would get takeaway with all the trimmings. It still has a door on it, and I'm pretty sure phone booths don't have doors on them. And I'm days. pretty sure phone booths don't have phones in them anymore. They have Wi-Fi hotspots. <laughs> but so- I just thought she was, like, struggling trying to open the door on it. And I, and I was like, you know what, it's been such a long time since I've used a public phone. This whole situation, I would be, even if I wasn't drunk, I'd be really stuffed. If it was real... How would she have coins on her? Oh, actually, no, it's triple O. She, it's free. Okay. So, yeah. But if it was real, maybe – okay, so maybe the hotspots do have triple O capabilities. But if it I was true have- to life, you'd run up, it would be a Wi-Fi hotspot, and you'd go, all right, well, maybe I'll guess get – I guess you're stuffed now, Necker. I'll, I'll get my broken phone and dial someone on Facebook Messenger through the Wi-Fi and get them to ring the police. And then triple O would be really angry at them because they weren't at the scene. <laughs> yes. So yeah. she – Toddled off. There was no room in the ambulance, apparently. Oh, see, I'll call bullshit on that. She just didn't want them to smell her breath. This is my stepson. Oh, yeah, no, I'm not coming with him, no. No, no, no. You take him. I don't, I'm not, we're not that close. That's fine. And not only that, Aaron has to wait for, obviously, he's the emergency contact of David. So he gets the call from the hospital to come in. You probably recognise him and go, oh, shit, that's, do you want him? Like two hours. But his father-in-law does not call him. Paul gets the call from Tarage that David's in trouble he races to the hospital with Harlow and Aaron comes in independently. It's like, you piece of shit, call your son-in-law and say his husband's also, in trouble. Also, just like get Harlow to run across the street yeah. and say, and come on, quick, we're going to go. Just that family's got problems. Maybe they've only got one bike between them. I don't even know if they have a car. Um, oh yeah, they- Might have taken his mode of transport. <laughs> Could have got a lift in Paul's fancy car. Can I bring up something about Paul? Yes, CJ. Um, on Wednesday, Paul and um, what's his name? Who? You hate him? Coyle. No? Gary. 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 Paul and Gary take a drive together and talk about their feelings. To go to try and find Mama Prue, yeah. uh, who's taken off to rejoin her cult in but England. They hopped on the Monash to do that as well. They did. And also I think whoever found it, which I would assume that you also found it, the place was two seconds from Pinnock. Oh, it- when I um, actually texted Vaya as I was driving out, well, as my husband was driving out, saying, did you notice the mega church at the end of the street that's at the end of Randy Street? Like the, it's like one of those massive hillsong ones and they were all leaving as I was leaving. And yeah. I said to Kate, no, but I did notice the local suburban milk bar. Which is there that one, are. which is a block from the house. Pinot Court, really. And so the that's the milk bar that Prue and Harlow went to buy twisties before their flight. Oh, yes. We need to explain to the UK um viewers, listeners, what a milk bar is. Do we? It's like a corner store. Yeah, it's a corner store, a general store. It's it's like the Heralds of old. Yes. But with less of a cafe. Well, you could but you could get hot pies there, but you're yeah. not getting As a kid, much. you spend many an afternoon stopping at the milk bar on your way home from school. Uh, mixed, mixed lollies. Mixed lollies, redskins. Yeah, and you would take, you know, let's say you had eighty cents. Yeah. And you'd sit there in front of a glass cabinet 
And it was how you learned maths as oh, a child, exactly. is it not? Exactly, yeah, because there'd be like, there'd be some which are like one cent each. Obviously, yeah. we don't have one cent coins, but yeah. Mates were like two oh, cents each. heads were, yeah. yeah. Oh, you could get like teeth, like yeah, were like teeth. were like 10 cents or something like that. Strawberries and cream. Oh, yeah, they were oh, good, actually. Yeah, they were good yeah, ones, yeah. yeah. Oh, musk sticks. Oh, oh musk Google them, sticks. guys. They're yeah. bloody delicious. But I must say that in yesteryear, they used to serve a milkshake yeah, over yeah, the bar, so, yeah. So there, uh, there was thinking, that, but it wasn't a sober bar. You're thinking of George's in Napier Street, aren't you? Because that was oh. that was one I used to go to on my way home from primary school. Yes, they used to sell cigarettes to people underage. So I used to go there too. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> oh yeah, that's the thing. The milk bars—they sell your smokes. Yep. They sell milk, obviously. Yep. They sell a, like a small range of fresh bed, but I would and say bollies. they are really dying out in Melbourne, and that's yeah. why it was exceptional for Vay to see yes. one and notice it. Yes. I was thrilled to see one. Because they're mainly, you go to like convenience stores as part of servos now. Yeah. Mm. Um, and there's just so many supermarkets everywhere. You wouldn't mm. really need to stop for the, milk anywhere all, else. All mm. late night. Because it was, it was bigger in that, you know, early 90s and earlier because mm. supermarkets didn't open so late. It's basically, when I was just thinking what you were saying, it sells everybody's weakness. So there'd be some lollies, there'd be cigarettes. Oh, my, <laughs> it's a wonderland. Yeah, my wonderland. grandparents had a, milk, well, a couple of milk bars back in the 60s. Oh, really? And Nana used to like, so my grandparents were like in the temperance union. Like non-drinkers oh, at all, um, non-smokers. That's where you get it from. Yeah, yeah well, actually, it skipped, it skipped a generation. <laughs> but Nana used to always tell me the story that, like, because they had a resonance above the milk bar as well. Oh, wow. And, and you know, like, it'd be like 10.30 or something and there'd be people, like, and she didn't use the word, but I'd probably call them scumbags out the front <laughs> going, oh, we're going to get milk for the baby. And um, and so, like, you know, Nana would put her scarf on over her curlers and head off downstairs, or probably Papa did this, would get down there and, oh, yeah, of course, so they're getting milk for the baby and a packet of fags. And that's so it's like, yeah, ah, yeah, so that's what it was about. It wasn't milk for the baby. Which is slang for cigarettes, I've got to say. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes. Uh, and? Hang on, no, surely. They call them fags in the UK. Yeah, but I don't know. We've got listeners all over the world. We've got okay. Barbara from America that might be okay, a little sorry, concerned. Barbara. Yeah, Barbara. Oh, yeah, I went to school with a kid called David whose parents owned the milk bar next door to the school. Wow. He got to go home for lunch, like oh. jump the fence, and then sometimes he would bring back mixed lollies for the class. Oh, quite often oh a milk gosh. bar would make a sandwich. Like, because oh. that milk bar I mentioned before did the lunch orders for my primary school. So they, they, had, they had the full range of like sausage rolls. Anyway, and yeah. I don't know if this still exists. I have to Google it. But there was a bar in Collingwood in Melbourne. It was a converted milk bar. And uh, still it was called the milk bar? No, it, because the sign was faded. Often you drive past rundown milk bars mm-hmm. and the signs are damaged. Yep. And obviously, one of the letters had worn out, so this place was called Ilk Bar. <laughs> it was cute, CJ. Don't look, roll your eyes. Um, but if if I went to a milk bar, I would not be expecting to find twisties that are the freshest or cheap. Which is good because I love a stale twisty. Uh, twisties are bloody sensational. I used to leave them out open on the bench to go stale on purpose. Uh-huh. Guys, there's a reason why Harlow was taking them back because they're bloody delicious. No, nah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say no. So in the whole like you know not eating anything processed slash delicious for months and months, there was a good month where I couldn't stop thinking about twisties. So they were one of the first foods I went to go and get, and they weren't that good. No, you're incorrect because I'm a celiac, so I can't have twisties anymore. But I can have... Phil bought a couple of boxes. Blisties. A couple of boxes of cheesels recently. And they're oh, yeah. amazing. Guess what? I, are guess amazing. what? I can, but, but, I can have tweezels. What are they called? I can have cheesels. They're <laughs> gluten-free. Baby Madge brought them home from the supermarket saying, oh, look, we got the party fingertip food. 
You um, eat them off your fingers. My and husband let my son have them. And I normally make him eat like the chia equivalent. And every now and then my son looks at me and goes, I want the orange ones. <laughs> I'm like, no. Anyway, that's been Milk Bar Chat with yep. CJ, Kate and Vaya. <laughs> Anytime you guys want to talk milk bars, we'll be around. Well, I'm just, it's I actually just more milk bar memories. <laughs> I can't wait till they bring this milk bar back into the fold of the show. I just can't believe it's right there and those I, guys can hang out there all the time. But guys, so Paul and Gazcan were out on the Monash, which is what, probably a good, they're probably at least 20 minutes away from Ramsey Street where yep. that we saw the footage of them. Driving around in a circle. And Harlow couldn't walk the one and a half blocks back to Ramsey Street by herself. To be fair, we know that that milk bar is close to Ramsey Street, but in the universe of the show, it's supposed to be some other milk bar on the way to the airport. That's true. Which you wouldn't really stop off because you'd have to get off the freeway to find it. My husband was dead convinced that it was in Tullamarine. I was going to say, it's it's a 70s suburb. Yeah. Like when you yeah. look at Erin's borough, that yeah. most of the houses were built probably in the well, early to mid-70s. It was very yeah, and, yeah, Tullamarine, to, yeah. to my, where I live. And Tullamarine yeah. is where the airport is. Yes. So it would make sense. It's the Tullamarine International Airport. I also wondered, so the David offered Prue a ride to the airport and she turned him down and said, no, we've hired a car. I was like, I, I thought that was ridiculous too. Where, who drove you to the hire car place? Yeah. But just call a ride share. Plus she got a Swift. I yeah. thought that was cool. Well, maybe she had a hire car anyway. That's what I was trying to yeah, gather from I, her. Did she pick it up at the airport on the way? Because she did just turn up at the house. I do, in my mind, she'd already had the hire car. Just the wording was a bit confusing. She like, probably, I've booked one for the ride. hopped on Google Maps and thought, holy crap, Erinsboro is not in the centre of <laughs> Melbourne and I'm going to yeah. need some transport yeah. options. Mm. So you were going to say, CJ, something about Gary and Paul shooting so the breeze. they got in the car and, I mean, Gary is head over heels in love with Prue and the order. I quite like them together. Me, me too. Um, he showed her the limber ladybug. Mm. Or bird, yeah. whatever. Oh, yeah. Um, but that's all it took. Yeah. Actually, <laughs> she was out of the country two days later. So. She was not as into him. No. no. Anyway, he thought she was the one. He was willing to probably move to England and become like a minister of the order. At the very least, he cashed her up to yeah. pay back her debts with the cult. Yeah. And then he Googled it and talked to her, you know, earnestly about his concerns. He was taken for a ride. Yeah. yeah. Oh, but he's, look, he's, I know. He's but borderline already. Like it's, it's, it's like shooting fish in a barrel. I'm pretty proud of him though for um, doing a roaring trade at the 82 oh, to yeah. cash in on the failures of the Waterhole and Harold's. Oh, he's doing great. He's selling wallaby pies up the wazoo. <laughs> um, but he says, I want to go too. And Paul says, don't make this worse, you ridiculous man. Why do you want to get in my beautiful car? Oh, imagine and, the smell. He'd smell. And Gary says, I need closure. Like he's he's willing to address his emotional. I was about needs. to say Gareth. <laughs> Gareth, what's his middle name? Francis. Francis. Oh no, and it wouldn't be with his Gary Francis. Yeah. <laughs> and so they get in the car and they talk about their feelings. And I thought that was really strong. Yeah. Well done, neighbours. Yes. In a week where Ned refuses to have a feelings oh. chat, he just wants to punch punch other people's lights out. Which I got to say. I really, oh, it, it, it worked for you, did it? Those scenes are really nicely lit, I think. Oh, yeah, of course and they are. Because Declan Eames directed some of them and he directed the boxing episode of Miss Fisher's Murder Mysteries. Mm. And I think he really highlights the male form um, very well. Mm-hmm. It's, it's time for another one of Kate's forensic investigations here. <laughs> because I took a lot of screenshots of this fight scene because I was like, hang on, this is the loading dock, i.e. Nana Wadding's only loading dock. Oh. This is the same loading dock that they're having a fight in that was used as the Rebecchini business 
from um, Neighbours versus Time Travel. Oh right! So I've got screenshots of that. I've I've got I've got the tea. I've got the receipts here. Right? Great. But my favourite part of it is that I go, hang on, this is the same loading dock that was used as an escape point in Wentworth Prison in Prisoner Days. Wow! So got a lot of visual evidence and by the time this podcast podcast goes up to air i'll have it on the council for you guys i did buy it as a illegal fighting ring setting it totally worked i totally bought it and the extras work was fantastic sometimes neighbors skimps a little and just you know they have a party and there's four extra people there but they got some good rowdy blokes for these and a couple of rowdy sheilas in there too i mean i just fast forwarded all of these <laughs> i just enjoyed kane ned's new friend oh. kane was a breath of fresh air but anyway, it's all about David at the moment because he's damaged his kidney. He's lying in his hospital bed. Everyone's he's, he's lost one. Yeah, they've had to take one out. If only he was a twin. Yeah, Wes Waratah star on Twitter actually said, look, what a shame. He doesn't have a twin. Oh, he does. They just can't get a hold of him on the phone. Look, he's so in LA wearing no socks. <laughs> Leo is his fraternal twin. <laughs> Who'd have thought? But he's the best genetic match for David. Also, there's six other Robinsons available. Who were all half-siblings. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I guess, but, say, Paul and Marnacker would be the next best, would they? But, I mean, there's got to be one in oh, Erinsborough. There my, must be somebody who suits him. My right? most significant frame of reference is a couple of years ago, uh, Selena Gomez got a kidney from her good friend. Because um, of the lupus, Francia, it? yeah, Francia Razor. Yes. And um, they were housemates. And, yeah, the, she was really struggling and... France is like, I feel like I was put on this earth to give you the gift of my kidney. And also I'll get a lot of Instagram hits when you post the photo of us in the hospital yeah. bed. So let's do this. Like and forever employed. Yeah. Yep. And that beautiful shot of the two of them holding hands while they're in the hospital gowns about to pass the kidney over and mm. they're not related. Then she just had to check that she was a match. Oh my gosh. I watch a lot of um, Grey's Anatomy mm. and when – somebody dies in all these hospital shows I watch and they're an organ donor, the whole hospital stops and they clap the body as it's going down. Oh. So I'm guessing more people die at that stage while everyone's <laughs> down tools. <laughs> Probably. Everyone's like, hospital style. We won't, we won't do this heart surgery anymore. But, yeah, so I, I, I'm thinking of, like, things like that. There was yeah. one point where Carl says to Aaron he's in the best place he can possibly. Yeah, oh, no, he's not, going Carl. Down, right? He's in no. the maternity ward. <laughs> also, like, so David was unconscious and there was no medical staff in the room. It was just his husband and his dad. Yeah. But that's he's he's not at a trauma hospital. Send him to one, please. Yeah. Gosh. He should be at the Alfred. Yes. Or Royal Melbourne if like hmm. if that's close. Like something that's high level. If we're gonna have a bloody class action, I think it should be like former patients of Aaronsborough Hospital. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Did you oh, yes. did you attend Erinsborough Hospital from 1985 to 2019? <laughs> Were yeah. you permanently injured, maimed, or killed? Yeah. If the so, contact Toad Fish Rebecca. No, contact Tim Collins. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. The biggest Tim problem Collins with that is... list, though, 33% of them are dead. Yeah. yeah. The relatives <laughs> can get on board. That, that's actually fact. <laughs> Everything in your life will be going along smoothly. And then something happens out of the blue. Unfair dismissal. You attempt a homicide. Or you didn't shake hands when you agreed to co-own that second-hand car. And you have to get your affairs in order. But you never did legal studies. So now you need a good lawyer. But you can't really afford one. So you consider someone nearby you can trust. Well, someone nearby. Jared Rebecca Lawyers. No win, no charge. But if you could pay me anyway, that'd be sweet. I might have to go on the dole soon. So the class action has divided the street. Oh. 
it was a hilarious scene. There was a scene where it was Coil, Gaz, and Toadie walking away from Chloe, Pierce, Terage, and Paul. And you know which team I'm of on with that. <laughs> Jesus. Team Lassiters. You back a winner. <laughs> like there was no way I was following Team Toad in that situation. No? I would have thought that the pair of you would be all out for the underdog. If I thought they had a hope in hell of running any kind of operation, Toadie can't even That's hire terrible. an assistant. <laughs> No, that was bizarre. But Coyle and Amy are at each other's throats. So how big do you reckon the check that Paul wrote for Sonia's foundation would have been? Too fitty? Yeah, to blackmail Toadie out of it. Bribe, whatever. Yeah, I was climbing even higher than that, I reckon. So you look at that and you go, Toad, you're an effing idiot. Because Toadie's whole rationale is I'm saying yes to the class action because it'll refund Sonia's foundation. So it's it's not. It's actually you're getting compensated for having worked on it for, what, two or three years. So the foundation is going to die and mm. then you're going to have a bunch of money at the end after having like probably lost your house because you can't pay your mortgage. Yeah, because it's not like all the other people living there can pay it either because you're ruining their jobs. Yeah, and, and you're going to have to pay for your brother and sister-in-law's expenses because they're going to lose their jobs. Yeah. It's a mess. There's tension in the hospital already. Then Tarage walks in looking fabulous. In mm. like a zebra print cardigan, mm. even and when she's teal, at, and a teal singlet, I loved it. She said her lowest ebb, but can still throw an outfit together. Mm. This is what I loved about how they handled her her downward spiral, is that she hit it a couple of times, and then when it hit crisis point, she was honest to her with her husband about it. Yeah, she straight said, away, straight away. Yeah. She said, "Look." I was there, I was at the scene, and he immediately was like, what What do you mean? Oh, this is the bloody soap opera act, acting, soap opera acting. This was like a scene from Bold and Beautiful where Paul is just like... Did you get into the car when you'd been drinking? Yes. And you were the first one on the scene of David's accident, weren't you? What are you asking me? Did you hit my son? He was intense. He was about to pop a vein in his forehead with this. Mm. And then she drops a bit of shaggy. It wasn't me. I was stupid. But it wasn't me. No. It wasn't me. She's, her main acting, the, the alcoholic acting, is just looking shifty AF. Okay, yeah, she, that's because she feels shifty. Her biggest shame in that whole scenario was that she didn't knock Kyle down, but she could have because she got behind the wheel. She was under the limit. She was drinking legally, driving legally, but... The first time. Yeah, she no, was going to drive home. She was, but no, but then she left the car and walked back to the bottle and walked back home again. That's when she saw Kyle. So she left oh, so the car. She wasn't going to get back in the car. Ta- okay, Kyle. Okay. She was going to the car. Sorry, what's his name? Nacker. Do- Dr. Nacker. I've got Kyle on the brain because he was at the scene too, which we'll get to. So the suspense is building because you're like, oh, is she involved? No, she was just having her own drama. That shifty bottle serving clearly inebriated people, that's against the law. Well, she was under the limit. So she no, wouldn't. but you, it's more about being looking drunk. They, okay. They're not. They're actually not meant to serve drunk people in mm. bottle shops. The second time, she, the, went, the bottle of wine she went back to buy, she would have been drunk. Oh, yeah, she would have been totally. She's just necked a whole bottle of yeah. wine. She couldn't operate her phone. That's how drunk she was. That's pretty bloody yeah. drunk. RSA. It's another dark day for the barrel. <laughs> well, maybe they're struggling as well yeah, with the whole Lassiter thing. Yeah. Although people do turn to the drink in tough times. Oh, you think? Well, maybe you think there'd be more gawkers at the handy woman going, hang on, she's the one from the video. Well, oh, they get true. They're, Let's all just have a wine and look at but her. Yeah, also, they're down at the 82 because that's where she works and you get cheap cocktails in a jar. So why wouldn't you just go there? True. So it's a wonderful conversation where Paul and Derage have to work through this latest development and he's supporting her. And neighbours of recent times, she would have like gone missing for a day yes. and hidden it. 
and like this this hiding the drinking would have continued. I did. Com- and it didn't. I did completely expect her to be the culprit, Sonia style, like mm. driving through the backpackers mm-hmm. on the gear. But no, I it was pleasantly surprised. Then the amazing reveal where Coyle's trying to comfort Amy, takes her outside for some fresh air and said, hey, let's go for a drive and get your mind off your poor unconscious brother. And she goes, what have you done to me, Yush? <laughs> Couldn't get more Aussie than that, really. Classic reveal. I, I gasped when I saw the broken headlight. Then they showed the bull bar on that thing. Mm. That would have, like, killed him. Particularly at that speed that yeah. the car was going, yeah. It was um, dead cop style. Dad yes. cop when he mm. yeah. yeah got taken out not far from Power Road. <laughs> Hang on, I've got a song for you at the end. Okay, Hit and Run by Jojo Zip and the Falcons, which it's Hit and Run. But I'd so cleanly planted it wasn't me by Shaggy. I love that song so much. This whole scene I loved. So Coil, the run up to this is that. He has been burning the candle at both ends, helping Toadfish with the class action because Toadfish won't pull his finger out and hire a legal secretary. Because he can't afford one because he's not getting paid. So basically he wants someone to work for free. He hasn't, I mean, he has taken a lot of personal leave this year, so he hasn't had a lot of clients. But surely the nursery's still bringing in money. He has not thought this through. He actually, look, I don't know, we need our legal legal on this case, but... Can't he partner up with a bigger law firm and say, I clearly can't run this as a suburban conveyancer. Can I partner with you to handle your kind of business, a.k.a. class actions? Yeah, Morris Blackburn, please calm down and sort this out. Mm. They'll have it done in a week unless Uh, there's actual money behind it and then it'll take a while. It really is a shame Yashvi got a job as Chloe's assistant because Chloe's firing half of the hotel staff. She can't afford to hire an assistant. No, she can't. That is odd. So she could at least help her uncle with the filing. I mean, but she's got some great outfits. and that's, oh. I mean, that's the main thing. So because Kyle's running around trying to talk to all these complainants. He's, he's nipped off to Marysville, which is a, a bit of a stretch getting out there. How many hours do you reckon? Oh, Two? Hang on. I'm, I'm hopping on the Googs now to okay. find out. He is doing door-to-door service because as a victim of the hidden cameras in Lassiter's, he can relate to these I mean, victims. if the fast-forward button hadn't lost its print from the fight club thing, <laughs> I would be pressing it for this. I mean... Kyle playing oh. the Kyle's victim card. And, and is Kyle getting so into it that it's ruining the rest of his life and all of the people's lives in the street and nobody seems to notice this is so annoying. And he keeps saying, it's about the victims, it's about the victims. I'm like, no, it's not. No not. one's singing louder than you, mate. And also, like, the hate for Paul. And I know that I'm the person that would not like that. But Paul didn't even own the oh, hotel. Yeah, it he is. didn't even know about it. And now he's shifting his excuse to, oh, well, then Paul didn't pay enough compo. Oh, well, he's, so no, he's a shit. Coil is a shit. Yeah. And like, Spoiler alert, he's the- my citizen two weeks in a row. Oh. <laughs> I don't blame you. Paul's just paying the compo that the insurance company said. And that his legal team approved. Yeah. Coyle. Okay. I just checked it. Coyle drove an hour and a quarter to Marysville and back again. <laughs> you are full of it, Coyle. So he's stayed up all night doing paperwork, do, working at the tram, ringing people that are joining the class action, having queries, putting he's requests. He's forcing in. them into it. He's bullying them He's falling it. asleep at Toadie's spare desk and slamming coffees. Whenever you drive an hour out of Melbourne, there are signs telling you to take a power nap mm. uh, on Power Road. 
Tony, actually, one of my favourite memories from when the, the TAC that we mentioned before um, did a promotion on Take a 15-Minute Power Nap. Um, they had a tie-in with Neighbours, and I remember Tony saying to Connor or someone as he drove off, don't forget to power nap. Well, could, they should bring that back. And if you think of all the breaks he took on that cylinder drive yeah, oh to pay. And- yeah, Tony's the king of the power nap. Mm. So this is the amazing realisation that Coyle looked at the headlight and it's dawned on him and he said... No, but first he's like, I couldn't have done this. That was Coyle's denial. <laughs> <laughs> he said, I did have a micro sleep, one of CJ's favourite words, mm-hmm. at the wheel. Well, if you hit the curb, how did you break the light? It's too high up. Maybe I hit a bin or something. Maybe? How do you not know? Because I fell asleep. At the wheel? Just for a second, like a microsecond. As soon as I hit the curb, I woke up. And where did this happen? Power Road. David was hit on Power Road. Just for a second and yep. hit the curb. Yeah, well, yeah. And, <laughs> and Amy's like, lights are higher than curbs, dear. She's like, I want to introduce you to science and facts. <laughs> Particularly because it's a four-wheel drive as well, so it's set higher. God, and that bumper bar, man. That, poor Dr. Nacker's going to need some hip replacement. That's it. That'll, that'll kill a kangaroo for you, that yeah. bumper bar. All of this dawning of realisation was Wonderful. I enjoyed every minute of this. And so he takes himself down to the police station and confesses to a real um, probably days from retirement cop there, I found. Yeah, yeah. Silver Fox. Yeah. And um, lays it all out and says, I'll wear whatever they punishment they give me. He's been charged with well, if, if dangerous driving and um, walking away from an accident scene, whatever the real terms are. He said that he could um, be charged with culpable driving causing death. And when I looked it up, the um, basically the average sentence for that in Victoria was seven years. Oh, back. Mm. See you later, Coyle. But that's like Steph should would have been charged with that. Yeah. Max well, Hoyland should have been charged with that. Well, Steph did go to jail. She did, yeah. Yeah, she didn't stay in prison very long, did she? She was gone for years. Was it? I don't think it was long enough. Look at bloody, um, who was it? The guy who killed Robbo, Hudson. He's still in jail. He actually got a decent sentence. We never saw him again. He's still in the pits of... But this is what I like about this week is that people are human. People fall asleep at the wheel. And shitbags like Coyle, who has achieved very little with his life, has permanently injured Dr. Nacker, like mm. one of the shining lights of Erinsborough. But this is, but he didn't do it out of malice. These people do things like this when they're in a weak spot. And because he ha- he's irresponsible. He was irresponsible. He hadn't slept. Yeah. But these things happen. Like if this is not, and it's a good lesson to people. So, but I feel like it's just like a news story where a doctor gets stabbed in a hospital. It's like yeah. it's, it's mm. it never feels like it's a good person doing it to a good person. It's always a shite bag doing it to a good person. Would have thought when Amy chose Coyle over Gary. Oh no, she would have mm. been wrong. Just stay out of the Canning family tree for a bit, oh, Amy. Leave the 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 Can Clan the cannery. Can you imagine, like, if you were um, Paul or Doctor Nacker's asleep? Obviously, his husband, all these people, and you're like, trashy sister Amy comes in with trash oh. bag, who then says, "Oh, I, I did it." Like you'd just be like, "Oh, Amy." Amy, stop. Get him out. And then Paul, my heart of hearts, he goes after him. No, that was completely out of line. He's in a hospital. People are recuperating. and he he's was in the hallway. Yeah, but his son is right there. That's not good for his blood pressure. I think it was 
distasteful of him to run after Kyle in the hospital. No. Oh, like, look, I have to say my husband was shouting, code grey, code grey. What does that mean? Oh, it means it's like an aggressive person. Oh. Ah. To quote you, Bear, people are people. Oh. <laughs> no, but I thought, look, it was telling that Amy had to be in a different place with Coyle from Aaron and her dad because Coyle's persona non grata. She's got the bad taste in men. <laughs> Did you guys notice, because Paul was in his civvies for once, how similar Paul and Aaron look in kind of like the same sort of hair and that sort of oh, thing? I took lots no. of screenshots of this as well to show to you guys. Oh, I'm keen to see them. So, mm. so David's- Dr. Nacker's got a daddy complex. Mm-hmm. Wow. Interesting. Wow. Then obviously David goes into complications and then we find out he's going to need a kidney transplant. Yeah, Selena Gomez better get on the phone. Yeah, and and dialysis is needed. It's not great for a doctor. Like it's it's time consuming, and it's, yeah, it's, it's yeah. you your health deteriorates. You have to devote a lot of your life to. But managing you're already it. at the hospital, so that's good. <laughs> Obviously, it's leaving the the door open as to who is going to be the the donor. I think this is a perfect time for it to for Paul to do a test and it come out. Oh, you're not his dad. Yeah. No, I was thinking actually, Rob, Rob. I'm, that, pretty, I'm pretty sure it is going to be Rob Rock. Because um, what's he doing with his kidney? Just kicking around in a jail cell. Both of them. Can I do a little honourable mention? Because we're going to get to Citizen and Citizen soon, but um, I, I want to burn mine on someone else. But Dippy Rebecca. Mm. Oh. No, hang on. This is going to be a good thing about Dippy first. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. The minute she finds out that Dr. Knack has been mown down, well, straight in the kitchen, I'm going to get some meals going for Aaron's oh, freezer. Yeah. Freezer meals. And she did it a few weeks ago when um, – dry ice met his end and she took some food around to the Kennedys. Mm. I, I love it and I think it's great, but many freezer meals include a lot of carbohydrates that Aaron would not be going near. <laughs> it looked like she was doing – was, she had the fry pan going, so it was, I don't know if she was doing like a biryani on the oh, a bit rice. Of a, I don't know about that. Toasting some spices. Yeah. Maybe it's some kind of stir fry. I mean, do a, do a nice curry with a cauliflower rice. Maybe, maybe she was doing a veggie stir fry. Maybe she's maybe. doing a bloody deconstructed taco for them. <laughs> yum, yum. I just really loved that. She's the one on the street that's getting those freezers stocked. I would love yeah. her. Just whip up a few quiches. Oh, oh yeah. Quiches, yum. yum, yum. Now, look, we just need to sort out. Okay, there needs to be a redistribution of housemates okay, in yep, this street. Yep, yep, yep. Coyle needs to move out of Dr. Necker's house. Right? Yes, now okay. that he's tried to kill him, yes. Ooh. Amy needs to move out of the can clan. Oh, Ten years ago she needed Swap to do that. Swap rooms, you guys. This actually sorts out a lot of politics and it brings the Can Clan back together, which actually was a touching moment when the three of them, uh, Sheila turned down chance to uh, bump uglies with Cloyve. (laughs) I think a Cloyve, oh no. (laughs) If he hangs around them longer, he will turn into Cloyve. He will. Yeah. yeah. Well, that education out the window. Can I confess that I cried? So Kyle came home and Sheila and Gary are there and just envelop him in a big, canning cuddle i mean i felt really strongly but i didn't cry i just I shed it to you look i was tired mm. but i've <laughs> seen a lot of episodes. I, it was the 11th episode of neighbors in a row yeah that was a really beautiful moment the three of them in their little cuddle it was actually beautiful because mm. they were like look we don't care i once said to a friend of mine she was about to share something really big with me she's like look i don't know if you're gonna want to still hang out with me after i tell you this and i was like mate you're my friend like you could tell me you've murdered a person and i'd probably be like well i you probably had a good reason. Like when, you, when you're loyal to someone and you love someone, mm. you want to help them first. You don't want to immediately judge them. Was it murder? No. <laughs> okay. You sure? Yes. Okay. 
the point is, is that people who do bad things aren't always bad people. And oh, but it's the Cannings. Gaz Can has done worse. It's the Can Clan. Yeah. Everyone's, yeah. everyone's a failure in this but also, situation. Except Sheila. No, well, she's, she's, she's the boss. She got yeah. charged a few months ago. But she just took it on the <laughs> thing and wiped her shoulders and moved on. But the point is, yeah, when when your loved ones are in trouble, you reach out first and then you deal with the morality of it later. Yes. I also want to address the fact that, speaking, I reckon that Brendan could do with another housemate, um, Chloe, Pierce and Hendrix. I just, I like the dynamic of the three of them. But Pier- sometimes Pierce they, doesn't need a housemate? You no, know, he doesn't. But he doesn't need to live in suburbia either, but he does. I feel like scenes with the three of them feel a bit empty well there's there's a sister yeah she can be here so get her down i did reach out to my celebrant friend because i was intrigued by this compatibility multiple choice quiz that susan kennedy made them do chloe and pierce i had to do that before i got married because um yeah no my husband's from a catholic family and we had to get married by the catholic church was it multiple choice from memory it was well, it wasn't not wasn't multiple choice, but it was like from how strongly do you agree oh, type questions. Okay. Oh, yeah. It was book and a half. It was I don't know, maybe four or five hundred questions. I, I should have looked up how many it was. But is there a name for it? I'd be so glad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is. Oh, it's actually it's really good. And I have to say, so I think it started started off. I don't I might have started off with the Catholics, but then a lot of different faiths use it, mm-hmm. and it's part of their pre marriage counselling. And this was I have to say it was an utter ball breaker going to organising this before getting married. We had to go out to this church out in the middle of nowhere and there was like a counsellor lady there who – we spent like one whole like hour. The, the first session we went to filling in dots, which this lady then took, I don't know if it was scanned or she, she marked it. Then we were meant to come back for another two sessions to be counselled through our answers. Anyway, <laughs> we came back to the first one and she's like, oh, well, this is quite positive. You got a 97% <laughs> rating on this. So basically, we only differed on 3% of the answers or something like that. And you know what that 3% were? It was my husband not understanding the do you strongly agree or do you strongly disagree? And I was like, hang on, you agree that it was a sin that we lived together? And he's like going, no, I don't. Why did you? And he's like, oh, hang on. He got, it was a bit of a double negative. Just like Pierce. He ticked the wrong box. Yeah, he did. Anyway, and so then the lady was like, oh, well, I'll see you again next week. And I said, look. I'm not driving to wherever again. Can we just wrap it up now? Because clearly we don't have any issues. Yeah. She got all miffed. Now, Kate, you've said the key word here, church. Mm. Susan is a civil marriage celebrant. Yeah. But it could just be part of her terms and conditions that she thinks it's a good idea to do this. And that's part of the Susan Kennedy experience. Yeah. So I've asked my friend, Harriet, who's a celebrant. Including it. Susan Kennedy terrorism. experience sounds like. <laughs> it sounds like the cult that's down the road, but. I asked if she ever made her clients take a compatibility quiz out of Clio magazine and she said the rolling smiley face emoji and no. And I said, any sort of questionnaire? She says, ha-ha, no. I think the churches do some kind of questionnaire thing. Sometimes if you do counselling, I mainly just trust the system. And it's complicated because there's quite hardcore rules about not refusing couples based on your discrimination. But you do have to believe that they they are getting married for legitimate reasons. So do you reckon Suze could just be discriminating against Chloe's bisexuality and not wanting to marry them? I guess. She's she's got a history of it, hasn't she? Yeah, that student, her former student that she wouldn't marry. Oh, yeah. I have to say, I do recommend doing it because even though, like, we had lived together and we'd been in a relationship for six years at that point, 
it was good. There was like some topics where you're like, okay, so when you have children, are you going to do this? Or do you want children? You know, it's good to actually oh, anyway, take these things off before you Cosmo.com probably has something you could do anyway. Harriet also says that she does send couples questions to answer about why they love each other and want to get married, but she mainly uses them to write the ceremony. So yeah. anyway, it's. It, I think it is highly unlikely for a civil marriage celebrant to send out these I would be so quizzes. keen to do this quiz. In fact, I heard recently that when you're in marriage counselling, there's another quiz like this, and I want to do that one too. <laughs> I want to do all of them. I want to do anything that doesn't involve studying. Shall we do citizen or citizen? Yeah. That takes no study. Takes no study. All right, who else agrees with me that it's coil this week? I have a different one. So- um, I'm not I, – I completely agree with you, and you are correct, but just – to I'm going to go with citizen mm-hmm. and I'm going to go with a dual citizen Ooh. of Paul and Gary and, oh. and their feelings drive in Paul's really nice car. Pity Paul couldn't keep his feelings you in check what? towards the end of the week. You get hot and steamy over men hitting each other. No, I don't. It was an anomaly. It's very like rare for they talk t- about their feelings in a European car. It's very nicely lit. That's all I'm going to say. It's so is the car. Um... <laughs> So I'll go with them. I'm doing citizen for Toadfish Rebecca because the mm. reason your daughter's godfather Coil mm. was driving dangerously behind the wheel is because you were running him into the ground because mm. you are too cheap to hire a secretary. And overwork is a form of workplace bullying. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's unsafe workplace practice. Mm-hmm. You're unfit to handle this class action. Yep. There'll be another class action against Rebecca Lawson. <laughs> Well, there should be. All the people that he got, um, you know, wrongfully convicted. Mm -hmm. So I'm disappointed in Coil, but I'm even more disappointed in Toad. So that's where we are. I'm rejuvenated. I was was really fatigued going into this binge watch, but now I'm pumped. We forgot the the saddest bitch. Oh, yes. No. Mm. Have you got one, Kate? Allie is like, she came down to the hospital and just told people how to feel things and then left. She's got a new lease on life because she's got room in her um, bedroom for the, the cot. change table on the cot, which Kate and I, after doing a tour through the Kennedy house, I reckon I understand the lay of the land in that place and I can see how they would all have room. There is a massive room on the side of that house yeah, that is like the size of like half the house. It's mm. a big old shed. You could deck that out as a little granny flat. It's basically you, the Tanak Packers could set up yeah. in there. Put Ellie and Bubs out there so you don't get woken I'm up sure at night. Sure, the baby's going to be inhaling motor mower fuel, but oh well, them's the brakes. Ellie might enjoy that. Not much compared to what the poor, the poor, What's the getting poor through the yeah. Center. <laughs> <laughs> so I can't wait to see how Tanaka's kidney situation is going to roll out. To bring out what that um, Therese is apparently not going to get a proper sponsor. Oh, that this was ridiculous. I liked this. It's fine to talk to your friend about your problems, but when you're an alcoholic and you go to AA, you need one that goes to AA. But AA is weird and churchy as well. A hundred percent. But its if own... it works for you, it works for so many people. Okay. Go back to it. But she reached out to Susan and Susan well, Susan was a bit dubious. She's like, she's Don't like, you need a real one? She's like, I'm a wedding celebrate. They're different. She's like, I'm a very busy, nearly retired school principal. And then Ellie's like, Can you be my referee? And Susan didn't want to do oh, that. Oh my god, that it was. How did she like white ant the crap out of Ellie? But also, Ellie, if you're at the point where you cannot find one single teacher in the education department to vouch for you, it really is time to job hunt in the new field. Download yeah. Facetune. 
become an Instagram <laughs> influencer. That was, that was classic Susan misogyny, I reckon. She's like, oh, if it had been Finn, she would have been like, mm. he's a very competent teacher. Well, the students is. loved him. Up Think about the, the rise yeah. to success of that man. Um, and <laughs> He's a meticulous player. And I'm glad yeah. Ellie took my advice and decided to pursue private tutoring, but I was kind of thinking she'd pursue more than one business that offered it or maybe oh. even just went out on her own and I went thought, on Airtasker. I thought she'd put a notice up in that phone booth. Yes. Put the, yeah, flyers. For, for a study time, call Ellie. <laughs> um, Sad. The saddest bitch in Aaron's brood just wants to love and be loved in return. So, yeah, we've all mutual decision. It's Ellie. Thanks, gang. Uh, thanks for bearing with the crazy time of year. CJ, you're hanging out on Instagram. CJ, the hot mess mum on Instagram. You don't face tune. Your natural beauty is there. I've downloaded one of the apps and I didn't know how to use it. So <laughs> now I just use filters like a normal person. Pure hot mess mum style. Yeah. Kate is I'm, on Twitter. I'm at Remude on Twitter. I am Vase on Instagram, V-A-Y-S, and Vaya Pashas on Twitter, and we are all Neighbours Pod on Twitter and Neighbours Council, or just Neighbours in general on Facebook. Just so come and join the friendliest Facebook group on the internet. And don't forget to rate or review us on Apple Podcasts. Give us a share of the episode in your Insta stories if you are enjoying it. Oh, yeah. Tell us, you know, where you listen. I want to see. Yeah. I'm going to say Frozen 2 because it's amazing. Oh, that's, that is right. Right at the top of my to-do list. I'm going tomorrow. Okay. <gasps> okay. Vaya, you've got to see it this week so we can have a discussion in the council about Frozen 2. And okay. Like, no spoilers. Great. Thanks for listening. Chat to you soon. Bye. You got to keep a foot in a foot in a run in a hide in. Because it's going to get to you. I got to keep a one step a two step a quick step a big step. Because it's going to get to you. Oh, you're pretty good. My mom says to your villa. Press on a witness, all of your clean on your pillar. You better watch your back before she turn into a killer. Let's review the situation that you call the peanut. Till last weekend again from the hit and rock. I keep on running, running, running from the hit and rock. Wasn't me. She saw the marks on my shoulder. Wasn't me. Heard the words that I told her. Wasn't me. Heard the screams getting louder. Wasn't me. She stayed until it was.